It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Life Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chalknox, I'm the water boy, and uh, we're here with our boy Nick Solheim. Okay. Uh, stick around because uh, you're going to learn a lot about DC politics in this show. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So you might need some yeah. soap and water and, and a shower. And, and we're three days away from Cinco de Mayo. American holiday. <laughs> Uh, um, Nick, we apologize. Our friends <laughs> over at RedBalloon.Work are hosting an exclusive training featuring Red Balloon CEO Andrew Krapischutz and Dr. Steve Turley this Thursday. May the 4th be with oh. you. Who wrote this? Oh Who wrote this? So Stop this. At noon Pacific time or 3 p.m. Eastern time. So they're, they're crack the code to building a woke free workplace without costing you tens of thousands of dollars and endless legal headaches. Dr. Steve Turley and Red Balloon CEO Andrew Krabbyshutz will unveil the secrets to protecting you against woke craziness, invading your workplace by finding and keeping employees who perfectly fit your company culture. Man, we should we should probably do this. I was gonna say, like, gonna when, when, is, when is this again? Yeah, I mean, sign up Knox to do this because he's our he's part of our problem. Yeah, yeah, you know me, super woke. You need HR train. You need HR training. I do. Many of our listeners who own businesses say they can't find reliable talent. It's like me and Knox. We're trying to find somebody to sit on that side of the third, table. A third wheel. Yeah. That's why you really that's, hear Nick. That's, that's a, <laughs> because, you're a test run. Because job seekers often bring with them a toxic virtue signaling mindset. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. It infects the entire workplace culture. That's why RedBalloon.Work has arranged for our listeners to attend a first-of-its-kind training on okay. how to defeat woke culture in hiring and find values-aligned talent in this brutal labor market. Normally, this high-level training costs about $600, but cross-politic listeners Ooh. get in free. Yeah. What? We worked on that. What? Uh -huh. Wow. Visit redballoon.work slash cross. That's redballoon.work slash cross. So you can sign up for this training for free with yeah. Dr. Steve Turley. When is it Andrew again? Kremschitz. It's like on th I'm going to say Thursday. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, May, May the, the 4th, 4th be with okay, you. That's, yeah. They said that so you wouldn't forget. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's on uh, May 4th. Yeah, it's Star Wars Day. It's noon Pacific yeah. time, 3 p.m. Yeah. EST. Uh, May 13th in Nashville, Jason Farley, myself, David Fowler, and Dr. George Grant will be at George Grant's church. Yeah. Um, the world ends when the metaphor dies. A reforming and reshaping of the cosmology. The world what? The world ends when the metaphor dies. Yeah, you have oh. to come to the event to. Did I, I did I get an invitation? You're that? welcome to come. You're, yeah, absolutely. Tennessee, though. I just got an invitation yeah. right now. Right, uh, right. May 13th, on, on the show. and they can 13th, sign up at fightlifefeast.com yes. under events, and they can smash right. the hamburger events. 
Yeah, what? do it. Yeah, you know the little three line the hamburger thing he calls menu. it. See, you, yeah. you do that too? Yeah, I mean, he's old. So, oh, uh, we're the same age. Oh, I, you're all old, I just want you to know that's a pastor, and you just got three strikes right there. You're gonna lose some sort like of like three hamburger strikes. Uh -oh. Your mansion just know. like lost a room in I heaven. Have I just no want you to know idea that. what this we're talking about, but we have with us right now in the studio <laughs> the one and only Nick Solheim. He serves as the chief operations officer of American Moment and co host of Moment of Truth. Nick currently resides in West Virginia with his wife, Evie. Who's in the studio? And daughter, Margo. Hey, well, shout both out. In the studio. Shout They're out. both in the studio. The lovely yep. ladies. Yep. Uh -huh. And is an avid explorer, functional fitness enjoyer. I don't even know what that means. What is a functional yeah, fitness know. enjoyer? I don't know. And a book enthusiast. Uh, Nick, thanks for coming on Cross Politics. Thank you for having me. Yeah, what, coming what, all this what, way. What books are you reading right now? Book enthusiast. Uh, Let's see. What is it? What is it that I was reading on the way? Oh, I'm reading a, a book by uh, Elbridge Colby, who was on the uh, National Security Council under Trump. Uh, and it's basically a book about uh, his uh, national security strategy um, and how to combat China. Mm. So. Interesting. <laughs> no, it's not. What's a functional fitness enjoyer? Uh, yeah. So We're just going to tear apart your bio. And <laughs> this whole interview is about your bio. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so functional fitness is, um, you know, you see a lot of these guys like using barbells and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, if you're poor like me and you can only afford dumbbells, you strap on uh, pigs and like walk down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, basically you uh, need to carry pigs. I have a, uh, I have a neighbor, a uh, fellow churchman, uh, and we built a, a very, ratchet home gym in my garage and it's basically just dumbbells and incline bench and a pull-up bar yeah uh and so we meet up at 5 a.m every every morning in the uh, wilds of west virginia yeah and get the pump on yeah. okay so. do you play john denver while you do it uh, west virginia we've been known to do that um every every once in a while <laughs> um we we actually play a lot of alex jones in the, in, in the morning while we're working out. Um, it's all the yelling, you know. Yeah, right. It really, <laughs> really gets really going. motivates you. Yeah. So, Nick, like, what's I, wait, wait, I just It's like talk know, show heavy metal. I just want to know is. if the baby's baptized. That's all I was asking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, now oh, we can move oh, on. All right. All right. Margo, Margo is. All right. All right. All right. All right. Just making sure. I just want to All right. Let's get into the show now. Okay. All right. Nick, um, tell us about American Moment. Um, what is it? Why does it matter? Yeah, so uh, American Moment is uh, an organization that identifies, educates, and credentials young Americans who will implement public policy that supports strong families, a sovereign nation, and prosperity for all. Um, I understand that's a lot of DC speak, so I will uh, translate. It I for just you. heard Christian nationalism. That's all. I heard. <laughs> so, so basically, what we're doing uh, is we are uh, building the personnel pipeline for the next presidential administration. Uh, one of the things we've seen, I think, that stymied the conservative movement, uh, particularly since 2016, was a lack of, um, you know, credentialed staff, people who had competence uh, in government that uh, also believed in policies that aligned with the uh, average conservative voter. Um, yeah. This was something that that Trump experienced, con continually had uh, issues with personnel um, because there was nobody really in, in D.C. that uh, believed in the sorts of things that he campaigned on and millions of Americans voted for. Um, and so we are aiming to solve that problem. Okay. So what do you do like day to day? What does that look like? Man, every day is different. Uh, so, you know, we do a lot of uh, programming in D.C. specifically focused on, um, we call it like internally training the shock troops for the next administration. Okay. Um, so our flagship program is the uh, Fellowship for American Statecraft. It's a summer program uh, that'll be starting here in a few weeks. It's a, a most internships in D.C. are unpaid. So 
Um, I had a, uh, an internship offer um, when I was in college. I had to go intern for uh, Congressman Tom Emmer okay. um, from, from Minnesota. Um, and I couldn't go because uh, it was it was unpaid. And yeah. I couldn't afford it. You know, wow. I'm, yeah. I'm a normal guy with normal parents. Like, I couldn't afford to go live in D.C. Right. So we do a, a paid fellowship program. We pay $3,000 a month. Um, as a W-2 employee, most people do this thing where they, like, want to pay as an independent contractor yep. and they get uh -huh. screwed on taxes at the end of the year. We pay them as W-2 employees. We give retirement benefits and all that. And then we place them at allied organizations and Hill offices. Um, and they are with those destinations four days a week. Um, and then they spend all day Friday with us getting training on House and Senate procedure. Um, what are some uh, policies that, uh, you know, we need in the conservative movement? What's the game plan for the next administration? That sort of thing. Uh, with the goal that by the end of the, by the end of the summer, um, they will all have, or a majority of them will have jobs in Washington that they will stay on. And I am proud to say we have, uh, for the first time, um, two NSA students that will be uh, one graduate yeah. and and yeah. and one uh, upperclassman that will be joining us in D.C. this how, summer. How many... Um what, is, are, is it a fellowship is that we call it? Yep. Uh, how many how many fellows do you have in this fellowship? And yeah. how can Cross Politic get one of those fellows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you'd you'd have to spend a million dollars on real estate in DC. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> ship them to Moscow. We got that. So uh, <laughs> so uh, we did our first year in 2021. We did 10. Yep. Um, and then last year we did 12. And this year we're going to have 20. Wow. We'll have 20. Wow. Fellows. It's an expensive program. Wait. So yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't uh, interrupt you. Yeah, so so um, that's just one of many programs we do. Um, uh, we have another program called Foundations of American Statecraft, which is a credentialing program for people that are um, maybe in entry level positions in Congress. Um, so we're doing one. Uh, the application is just closed for it, but uh, it's a ten week long certification program on foreign policy. Um, so you know, what is the history of American foreign policy? Um, what do we believe about foreign policy? And then uh, what can Congress? actually do as it relates to foreign can policy. Can I take that? Um, well, the application's just closed, but uh, if you move I to DC and, and you I, get a job as a, a Hill staffer. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you guys believe about foreign policy? Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things I think we uh, appreciated about the president, uh, President Trump, that we haven't, uh, you know, seen in re Republican politics for a long time is a prioritization of the American national interest. Um, something that we saw frequently, uh, you know, George W., um, H.W., uh, was this need to go and spread democracy, spread, you know, American values in these in these countries all over the world. Um, you know, in some cases for, for um, you know, natural resources as well and that sort of thing. But um, we believe that, you know, our military forces and, and young men uh, in our military should be only used if absolutely necessary and only in that circumstance to uh, preserve the American national interest, that we can be um, safe, secure, um, that we can engage in commerce, and that we can continue to be the greatest country on earth. Mm. Sounds like Ron Paul a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly um, aligned with Ron. We actually, we did a conference uh, two weeks after the Russian invasion of Ukraine last year um, called Up From Chaos, Conserving American Security. And we had uh, Ron's son, Senator Rand Paul, yeah, was yeah. one of our one of our keynotes. Um, we had uh, David Sachs, co-founder of PayPal, um, Thomas Massey, who I'm sure you guys oh, are yeah. familiar yeah, with. Uh -huh. um, so this is certainly, you know, well, we are uh, definitely institutionally not libertarians this is this is certainly uh an area of alignment that we yeah. have um within with uh libertarians in the conservative movement wow so then um 
So those are the two programs. Is there another one? Yeah, we have several more. I was just I was just giving no, some, those, uh, that's some examples. Um, so, okay. Uh, that was my question. I want to go back to the first one. Let me go back to this. I'm still surprised when you said President Trump, he wins office, he gets in there, but because he doesn't have people who are trained, but in policymaking or trained in the, how legislation works, he wasn't able to accomplish as much as he wanted. What was it that you guys are replacing or fixing that he really didn't have that you hope I guess you hope that he has when he wins in 2024. Yeah. So I think, I think I would say that the two things that you're looking for when you're staffing a presidential administration is you're looking for people who are competent. So they know how to do things. Um, they know how government works. They know how a particular, um, bureaucracy or government department works. Um, you know, they have knowledge on some area of policy or whatever. Um, so that, that's one part of it. And then uh, the other part that you need is people that are ideologically aligned with your perspective and the people that voted for you. And the problem that we had time and time again in the Trump administration was we had um, people that were competent but were not aligned with the president and with his voters. So they actively undermined the administration every step of the way. We saw this on foreign policy. We saw it on immigration. Um, and then the on the flip side, you had a lot of people that were true believers, you know, good people who were with the president from the beginning, um, but they had no experience in D.C. So you had a lot of these guys coming into, you know, getting appointments and that sort of thing, um, you know, running uh, departments, bureaucracies, and uh, they believed the right things, but they had no framework with which to deal with the massive bureaucracy and they didn't know how to fight it. And so the, the main thing that we're trying to do is to bring those two things together. You want people that are ideologically aligned with the president's voters. And, and to be clear, this is not like we hope to stick around. This is not a, a Trump-exclusive thing. We exist right. to, to serve the conservative movement. Um, and so we, we want to train people on ideology and, and make sure that they're aligned with us on those perspectives. But we also want to train them um, at how you defeat the— um, administrative state and in the circumstances where it can't be defeated, um, how you can use it to benefit our people and our voters. So then how do you stop people, I guess, training people on ideology? That's interesting when you say that. I wonder what that means. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. And, but also too, as you're doing that, that training has to have some sort of, or you guys have to have some sort of um, kill switch built in so that you don't, you don't become like part of the swamp that you're fighting in, totally, right? Totally. Yeah. So we um, generally the way that we operate. Uh, so I'll use our um, foundations program, which is our foreign policy credentialing program, 10 weeks long. Um, it's three hours a night. Uh, and then at the end, we actually test people. We've, we've done this program in the past. We failed people. Um, but if they pass, they get a cool credential to put on their resume. And then we actually uh, assist them in, in writing letters to help get promotions and, and, and that sort of thing. And when we create uh, the curriculum for this, uh, we actually have a uh, committee that helps us to, to form the curriculum. So we mm. do a lot of the work in-house. Um, and we primarily, like, by the way, I'm, I'm 26. I'm not a foreign policy expert. I didn't serve in the last administration. Um, so we're primarily like bringing in the right people, the people who have the experience. And we work with these um, experts on our committees um, to uh, make sure that we don't get too dogmatic about any particular issue or any particular speaker. Hmm. So, so um, I'd be curious to hear like what um, you said, we're trying to bring people together, uh, bring, um, bring train people who are both ideologically aligned conservative, understand conservative values and so on, and understand the bureaucracy, know how to combat the bureaucracy, mm -hmm. the administrative state, and short of actually bringing it down, 
work for its slow demise. I, I mean, I think. 100%. Uh, um, so what is that? Give, give us some practice. I'm, I'm just <clears> curious. Like, what are some practical ways in which, um, particularly, you teach people to work within the administrative state while trying to undermine its power? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting point. Um, I'm going to, uh, the first one that comes to mind is one that, uh, you and I have disagreed about, uh, uh, before, but it's, it's really the one that's top of mind for me. Um, I, I hear this thing all the time about abolishing the department of education. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll use yes. this as an example. Yes. Um, I, I, I am in agreement that this is a good idea in principle. I mean, I just love the word abolish too. Yeah, 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 it's a it's yeah. a it's a great word. We 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 as conservatives like to abolish a lot of things. Yes, we would we would like to abolish a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I'm to to be clear. Um, I I am not opposed um, to abolishing the Department of Education. Um, however, we have to talk about and think about the political realities on the ground in Washington. Um, so we'll use President Trump as as an example. He never did. He did a lot of great things. He never did anything as radical as trying to abolish an entire government department and look at what they did to him. Right. Right. And so if like, I, I, this is not even necessarily hyperbolic. Like you go into DC and you start advocating and making serious progress on abolishing a government department with thousands, thousands of like lifetime guaranteed jobs and pensions, they'll kill you. Mm -hmm. They will kill you. They will destroy your life and your career, and they will funnel millions of dollars into destroying you and everything that you believe in and everyone that you care about. And so the 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 best case scenario for us, and, and keeping in mind that the people that actually believe in abolishing the Department of Education, we are not yet at a point where we have the, the total raw power and authority to be able to do so. I believe that that point will come, but I don't think we're there yet. So what does that look like now? Um, what can we use within uh, the Department of Education and and our uh, you know bureaucracy um, to to uh, you know help and reward our people as as we kind of wait uh, for this day when we're able to abolish it? Well, I use this program uh, that we have in West Virginia as an example of something that I would uh, really like to see on a federal level. Uh, it's called the Hope Scholarship, and it was instituted by our State Treasurer Riley Moore, who's currently. Uh, running for Congress uh, in the second uh, congressional district of West Virginia, which is which is where I live. Um, and the Hope Scholarship, if you pull your kids out of public school or if they are eligible, uh, you know, in the coming academic school year uh, to be in kindergarten, they will give you a, a voucher for the uh, average cost per pupil in the state of West Virginia to use for alternative education solutions. So that's private school, that's homeschool, um, you know, different materials and curriculums and that sort of thing. Um, I am opposed, generally speaking, to uh, just like raw handouts, like buying people off. Um, but the particular idea about tying it to the cost per pupil year over year is interesting because it's eventually going to draw that cost down. So this last ac academic school year, I think it was $6,500 per kid. So if you have a, a family of eight kids, like we have many people in our congregation in West Virginia that have like seven or eight kids and they're doing homeschool, that's $6,500 a year, you know, per kid. And if they were going to public school, um, you know, they're basically being incentivized to pull their kids out of, out of pagan schools and to give them a much better education. As more and more people do that, the cost per pupil will go down because there will be fewer 
people in schools, you'll need fewer teachers, you'll need fewer administrators, and the eventual goal of, of this program, um, you know, effectually would be that, you know, those benefits would be minimal, and then at that point, if you wanted to, um, because you've diminished its, its power and authority, um, you would be able to abolish it at that point. So, so I'd, be, I'd be interested so. to see something, and I'm not dogmatically like, you know, 100%, this is the thing that we must do, but it's an interesting idea. How is, how is, that, how is that not socialism? Um, I don't necessarily think that, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you, you know, how much, how much you put in, you know, how much you have to pay the federal government every year. Um, but it it is worth noting that like most people in the middle class, generally speaking, um, put a lot more money into the federal government than they're getting out. And so if, if you are able to get, and by the way, this is something that like, it comes through, um, like the tax department. So it's something basically that you would get back, you would get like a tax refund or, or, or that sort of thing. So um, I view it as, you know, getting the harder money that, that yeah. we put into government, right. getting it back and slowly diminishing the amount. And at that point you can, yeah. you know, decrease taxes and that sort of thing. Yeah. How, um, it also seems to me to be a little bit different to be at state level than to be at the federal level. And I'm also, I'm so I'm wondering it, to create that at the federal level, isn't that to actually make the Department of Education bigger? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think so. I mean, um, as you have like more and more um, students. I mean, if you look, th- actually, this is something that Pastor Wilson talks about all the time. Like, if you look at the amount of homeschoolers in this country and how, as a percentage um, of people that are receiving an education in our country, that's increasing, um, you're going to need to spend fewer and fewer. Um, dollars on on education over time and so the way that the way that i kind of view it is you can slowly like lessen their appropriation until until you can abolish them and again like i'm not i'm not talking about like this is not something that we're proposing on a federal level and telling everyone that we should do um but my my more illustrative point is that we do not have the 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 power or the authority to um just buy executive fiat or even buy um you know congressional legislation to do this they'll they'll hammer us um, and I, I, you will not succeed. No, I'm just, I'm just curious though about like the whole, like, um, it, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fine to, to debate, you know, sort of like what's the best way to break to up unwind the, this uh, uh, yeah, the government yeah. monopoly kind of thing. I guess my question though has more to go, going back to the beginning, uh, where it's like training people to sort of work within the administrative state, but to then try to undermine it. Uh, and then I'm curious, I mean, what government program has ever been started that included giving people money that, that wa- went away that, that went away because it was yeah. no longer needed. Track yeah, record's not, not very good. So, yeah. so here's the thing. You're not appropriating new money. Yeah. You're taking money from public schools and yeah. putting it yeah. toward private schools. And again, if you, in, in this particular instance, but I don't think you, that changes his point. Well, like, I guess I'm wondering though, I mean, I, I get that for the state level. That makes sense. But mm-hmm. what about the federal level? Yeah. I mean, you know, are, are I, you arguing that this program go to the federal? I don't know if he's a, arguing. I'm, I'm I'm sa- he was suggesting it, something like that. Yeah, I'm oh. saying I'm saying it's a. It's oh, a, now I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> Game. Um, I'm just trying. Okay. To. All right. Yeah, all right. He's, all he's, right. he's trying to get there. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, I, I I'm not um, you know saying that this is 100 percent the the yeah. thing that we should do, but uh, I use it as an example to say that there are things that we can do. Um, and, and there you're are, talking about like short-term incremental steps that long-term 
could take down the behemoth. Yes, and and Which, that is true. While at the same time, we can we can use those sorts of things to benefit our people. Yeah. If you think about the people, especially here in Moscow, the people that you know that are are doing you know homeschool or private school or alternative. Right. I mean, they're they're you know a lot of those people are are the backbones of their local communities, and right. they are really that that. that kind of Protestant work ethic and, and, and American spirit is the, is the backbone of our country. Right. And so, uh, but you know, the, if, th the thing to note though, is, is that I think it's hard to explain to people though, is the reason why it's so powerful is because they do it themselves. Right. They, yeah. they don't get a cent. Yeah. And I, and I think the thing that's dangerous about the voucher program stuff is I, do I want to see the government program taken down? Absolutely. Do I feel for the single mom and, and the, the kind of people? Yes. Yeah. But I think the potency of the homeschool movement in the last 40 years yeah. is the fact that um, millions of families said, you can take our taxes, you can't have our kids. Yeah. And, yeah. and here's the thing. Canada, for decades, has been paying their families. Their mm -hmm. homeschool families. And well. look at Canada. Can yeah, I mean, Canada is the great, like, um, you know, cautionary tale to, to education vouchers. They pay for Christian schools, homeschools, Catholic schools. It's all mm -hmm. on the on the government. Um, and now dull. the Catholic schools are having transgender bathrooms. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are, however, um, you know, culturally and historically, I, I know that they're at you know at this point they seem like culturally to be a colony of ours. But they they have a fundamentally like different you know, culture about this stuff. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, well, <laughs> a, um, well, king, the king, it's a the king. king now. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, like, <laughs> give it a minute. Yeah, 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 we I don't mean, know how he identifies yeah. it. Yeah. You were, you were about to ask something though. I didn't want Well, no, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what sort of family policies are you guys wanting to implement in this? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, there's been a, there's been a lot of things, um, you know, that have gone wrong, uh, with, marriage and the family, the household, um, from a public policy level, uh, for the past several decades. Um, and a lot of them are, are, are things that I've heard many people in Moscow talk about. Um, you know, no fault divorce is obviously a no, no brainer, sure. um, instituted by conservative hero, Ronald Reagan, Reagan by the way, yeah. um, in, in, in really California, then. Who, um, later, later, later said he was wrong. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, no fault divorce, um, abortion on demand, uh, birth control on demand. I mean, all of these things have been, have been very, um, very bad for our country. Uh, and as I think about, you know, particular things that we could do, um, beyond, obviously there is a role for, um, the church and for, um, you know, tastemakers and culture to, to yeah. do, um, uh, that's where the bulk of this work has to be done. Like I'm not... Um, you know, discounting that at all. But as someone who's working on um, public policy uh, in D.C., I'm, it, you know, we're kind of casting about for uh, what are some examples of countries that have been doing this well? Um, there are plenty of countries on the planet who um, recognize that they're about to go off a, a demographic cliff and we are just <laughs> shortly behind them. Right. Um, you mean almost every country? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, But particularly like in the West and people with modern economies. So like the ones that, that, and, and some of them too, coming out of like godless, um, you know, communist states. Uh, so you look at like, um, Hungary as an example, uh, you know, they, they, they're a country that is currently trying to, uh, reverse their demographic decline, um, by 
incentivizing um, marriage and birth. I went to this interesting thing uh, at the uh, Hungarian embassy a couple years ago, um, and they were kind of talking about, they were starting to roll out, uh, Viktor Orban, uh, uh, who is the prime minister, uh, they were starting to roll out some of these family policies. This was like, it's probably 2018, you know, pre-COVID. And they were talking about a lot of these, a lot of these things that I thought was like, that I thought was super interesting. It was, it was something like if you had, um, you know, three kids or more, I think replacement level, uh, you know, fertility rate is, I think it's like 2.1 or something like that. And they're at like, 1.7 1.7 or 1.8 or something like that. So their population is gradually getting older and they're not, um, you know, having enough people uh, to support their economy. Um, so something that they were doing was like, they're like, hey, if you have three or more kids, no taxes till the last one turns 18. That's okay. I think that's interesting. Uh, what what about more than that? Um, so they had, they had another one. I think it was like six or seven kids never pay taxes again. Never. Like you never have to pay taxes again. Very well, interesting. I, um, I reached that status. So, uh, Stop so, it. Knox is in. He's bragging. Yep. And so th- those are things I think that, um, you know, that policy in particular is something that I think um, wholly possible within the conservative movement. We're all about um, cutting taxes and supporting families. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, there are some other things that Hungary's done that, that are a little more out there that I'm not really sure would work here. Um, like they have, a, if you have more kids than can feasibly fit in like a mid-sized sedan, they'll give you like a zero interest loan to buy like a minivan. Or can, can or I push back like on that, this just a little bit? Yeah, I, go see, for it. I like the intent that you have here. Yeah, but it scares me a little bit, mainly because I've watched the welfare movement <clears throat> come in and wreak havoc with that kind of reality. Cutting taxes scares you? No, no, no. The reality that, hey, if you have kids and we'll pay you and then, yeah, now all of a sudden, have you ever heard the rat story? The rat story? Yeah, we'll pay you if you grab rats. No. And so there was, there was, New York. This is in New York. This is in New York. So they would pay people because they had a rat problem. Massive rat And so they would pay these kids and whoever, hunters would go grab Mm -hmm. rat tails and bring them rat tails. What people started to do was breed rats. Yeah. In their apartments. apartments. But there's a difference between. Not being required to pay taxes, yeah, and and, and getting paid. and being paid, yeah. No, but I I get that, but then and, and but ch- children are not rats. But what happens is <laughs> no, no, no. They're a blessing. They could be a blessing. But what happens right. though when people rat. are saying, "Hey, you know what? I'll go right. have seven kids right. with no husband, and now I don't have to pay taxes no more." Yeah, but the, the, or a man who's like, "Hey, I got seven kids, <laughs> whatever." You know what I mean? Like, doesn't yeah. there's no in, the incentive there? Seems to be a little misplaced. I like the fact of no paying taxes, right? That's, yeah. that's great. Who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. But the way that the government starts setting up incentives, when they start getting outside of their zone, it, it becomes scary on how people start. But is it, but is there just a difference between not paying taxes and getting paid? Sure, because but a big I, difference, I would argue. You no, know, but but, but do you but they, do you not, matter, the incentive so. is yeah. the incentive is still there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I welfare queens are are already a thing like sure. that that already exists um and and and, 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 yeah. and the incentive <laughs> is uh i believe stronger um because they're they're being paid um i mean i know a lot of people that um i, I guess the question would be well if the incentive matters why not just say why don't we just not charge people as much taxes period i mean <laughs> I'm generally in favor. I've, you know coming, what I mean? Coming like, out of, I'm thinking about my tax bill right now. That was what the big sign <laughs> was for. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm, like, I'm, I'm 100% agreed, uh, but why not both? 
Why not both? Why well, if you can do we one, not? You get the other. You don't have to worry about that one. But it's still. I mean, even uh, if if you know we were able to magically uh, you know balance our books over the next ten years, um, there there is still such a massive. We are spending so much. Okay. So just in uh, literally an ungodly amount of money um, yeah. in our federal government. And that absolutely needs to be um, shut down. But but the kind of, you know, decrease in uh, taxation that, that is actually possible, you know, you have a lot of these people talking about like, I you see. know, we need to go down to a 15% flat tax. It's going to take like 100 years. So right? like it's, it's, it's going to take a long I time. Here's my big, um, I, I think, concern in this kind of broader discussion, I know you had J.D. Vance on your show a little oh boy, bit ago to talk about. Um, we aren't going to play the clip. We don't have time for that. But okay, um, I think conservatives are are on their heels. You know, they don't have the administration. They don't have the Senate. We barely have the House. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think the temptation is, is to come up with um, policies that sound reasonable but not biblical. And, and, and then in addition to that, um, you know, like if Trump would have ended the Department of Education and, and you mentioned like how he would have been threatened and all this stuff. And and sure, I mean, I, th- I think that that's that's possible. But um, I mean, if I was president and I went and shut down the Department of Education and someone came to threaten me, I'm like, well, you just don't know. Oh, me. No, I, I'm here did. to serve. I'm here. I'm here to serve God. <laughs> I'm here to serve my people. I'm here to serve the truth. And this is good and right now. There, now, this is. Um, I think there's a discussion to be had about something that's strategic, feasible, and wise. Uh, you know, I, I think that's important mm-hmm. part of this conversation. But you know, I'm in this silly little court case here in Moscow, and there, and some of the threats that have come, and even in negotiations and settlements, been really dumb. Like, like my even um, I can't go into detail right now, but even my lawyer brings them up, and I'm like, I, I think you you're talking to a guy who you, you don't know who you're talking to. Like, like none of yeah. those threats matter in yeah. this fight. And so I think you you couple the the desire to find a reasonable policy that you can get a lot of people on board with mm-hmm. that's not biblical and that in the long run could would actually potentially cause more harm than what the good it might solve in that immediate um, uh, situation short term yeah. short term situation uh, and then you couple that with um, all these strings that that people try to place on politicians and all these um, uh, levers that are tried to place in that in that moment and I'm like we need to shed all that. Mm-hmm. We're 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 free in Christ. We're free people. And if and if I made this decision or this move, let's say go back to the Department of Education to kill the Department of Education, and then I get killed for it, it's like well, well so so be it. I mean, I, I'm I'm here serving Jesus, right. you know. But 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 the the question is, um, were you successful? Right? Like like w- would you actually be able to do it? So like you know, using the example of of you know your your. Um, your court case and this, this, mm-hmm. you know, terrible thing that you're prosecuting for, which I've, I've you know, been following you, yeah. um, for, for a long time. Um, and I'm obviously very, very outraged about, uh, y- you still have a responsibility to, um, you know, be wise about that. Um, in, and and thinking about how you can ultimately prevail over these people that are suppressing you. Yeah. And I reasonably, what I am arguing for is that we do such thing that we that we um but my that we do the thing that will help right. us to win uh, and i agree um i want to win but um uh not to go in too much detail here but they think it's all about the money yeah 
And 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 so you that's, make different calculations. That's all the calculation they think this is about, and it absolutely is not about that. No, it's about and your even freedom. I'm, even yeah. I'm, I'm driving my lawyer crazy in negotiations because he thinks it's all about the money. Well, yeah. and I think though, um, but this, that's what this is. But this is how like conservatives think. They think it's all about getting in power and getting the vote, and it's all about the money. And it's like no, my calculations of what victory looks like are way different in this political game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. so to 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 be able to come up with school vouchers, I'm. Um, I think I originally I was sympathetic to it, um, but the more I think about the school voucher thing, I just think why use socialism light to fight socialism, you know, heavy or whatever. Yeah, but I think what I'm Nick, and tell me if I'm wrong. I think what I'm getting from you is like you you're on board for the most for the principles for the most part, but there is a real strategy in order to get us from here to there in the principle. Right? Am I understanding that properly? Yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah. and you know this is a so lot. we can argue about that all day long. Yeah, I and, don't mind that. And and this is I mean we've we've you know we've all read like Burke and High. Like I'm not I'm not you know advocating for anything novel here. This right, is, right. Th- these these are not new ideas. Um, what I am arguing for is that, uh, you know, we like government has a role. This is, this is the largest reason why we have a lot of disagreements with, uh, libertarians is, yeah. um, government exists and mm-hmm. it's, and it's going to do something and we don't have the numbers mm-hmm. and we don't have the raw authority yet to be able to undo all that. We're a hundred percent agreed on the end goal. Um, but we, we need to have a lot of like soul searching about how to get there. Mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's never been a better time to become a club member across politics. I mean, hey. now that Nick, you know, Solheim's been on the show, you want to join <laughs> All right. this year across politics, we'll be dropping exclusive content into our club portal for club members only. Some of this content will include a pilot TV show. Called This America? Oh, that yeah. showed up. It's already that showed up in our what? episode already. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is it, is is it, it in the portal? Now? Is it it's there not now? the portal. Oh. oh, it's coming though. Yeah. A Bible study series with Pastor Toby? That's Special with New St. Andrews President Ben Merkel. Our backstage content, our conference talks. Man. I'm surprised you, you you're surprised about your own. Uh, and we have Bible a new la- <laughs> we have a new app launching. Uh, looks like June first. So oh, stands oh wow! You can grab a club membership for just ten dollars a month. That's yeah. two cups of coffee if you're into girly coffee. So go again. <laughs> go ahead, sign up. Fightlaughfeast.com. Get signed up today. That's Fightlaughfeast.com. Become a club member. Support um, all this ruckus. I, I, I want to say um, uh, a couple closing remarks and a, and a question. You and all this. You know, one of the things that I think um, Christians don't realize is is how much opportunity there are in D.C. to go in and work and help and 100%. serve and impact. And that's what you're mm-hmm. facilitating. Right. Yep. Um, you know, oftentimes we think, well, if I'm not going to run for president, then I'm not going right. to get involved right. in politics. Or right. if I'm not going to be a senator, I'm not going to do anything in D.C. Yeah. Um, but I think it was really important. We, You know, we brought this up on the show before. Joseph Backholm said, you know, if Christians would just uh, apply minutes. 15 minutes of their time a year to get involved in politics, it would change your local landscape. Right. Yeah. And and that's a great place for the average person, average family, yep. average you know um, high school senior who wants to get involved to to start. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity to do this either for a career or for a summer, and yep. and those um, and we should we should absolutely be trying to figure out how to get involved in that way. And that's why I like what you guys are doing. What's the website? Give everybody the website. Yeah. American moment. Yeah. So um, you know, I would I would charge any. Um, you know, young man looking to get involved uh, in politics, you know, whether DC is, is kind of a long-term plan 10, 15 years from now, or something that you're looking to dive into this summer, we actually have a special form on our website. It's americamoment.org slash join. Um, and if you fill out that moment, form, as in like moment in time, yep, american american moment. moment.org slash join. Um, and it's just 
name, email, and phone number, and you'll get a meeting with a member of our team, and we'll start uh, working on how to get you plugged in in D.C. We help people find places to live, roommates, jobs, internships, all wow. of that. I would love to see um, more yeah. Christian, not only like more Christian young people involved in D.C., 100%. but I'd like to see more gentlemen like you guys yeah. coming out yeah. and, and and speaking to you know our people that currently work in Congress and the conservative movement. Um, it is it is sorely needed. And to add to what you're saying, um, you know, about taking, you know, 10, 15 minutes a year to, uh, you know, to get involved in politics. Uh, Tucker Carlson gave a, a speech at the uh, Heritage uh, 50th anniversary mm-hmm. uh, gala. Yeah. I think it was a week or two ago. It was, great, like it was a, a great speech. Yeah, it was, it was like the Friday before he got fired or whatever, <laughs> yeah. RIP. Um, yeah. But he said... Um, uh, and he says this as an Episcopalian, so how much more so is it true for us? Um, <laughs> pray for your country. Yeah. 10 minutes. 10 minutes a day. 10 yeah. minutes a week even. Um, it'll make a difference. Yeah. I promise. It works. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's yeah. good, Nick. Hey, thank you for coming yeah, on, Thanks bro. for spending thanks the time with me. us, man. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight laugh and feast this is cross politics hey do we have doug on tomorrow yeah we do you don't want to miss tomorrow's show <laughs> what a big act to follow <laughs> home it's where you build your legacy where traditions are started seeds are planted meals are shared and stories are told We are Chris Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow. Through the Spirit, God's Word changes lives. It cuts us to the heart and reshapes us. As you strive to read and study Scripture, having a good set of tools can help. From setting reminders for a great reading plan to word studies and commentaries that shed light on difficult passages, to listening on the go. The Olive Tree Bible app can help you dig into the word wherever you are. Olive Tree Bible app, read, study, listen, anywhere.